Hey, 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 how's it going? It's Kevy. It's Kevy, Barely About Music, again. Another, the last, for the time being, Los Angeles edition, because I go home in but a few hours. Um, had a good time out here. I put in some good work. There's some really exciting things on the horizon that I can't announce yet, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, I've been working hard out here and on, on some cool projects that I didn't expect. So I wish I could talk more about it, but I can't. Why am I even saying this? Why am I even saying this? I hate when people do that. They allude to something cool and they're like, I can't talk about it. What? Was someone going to sue me? No one's going to sue me for this. Anyway. Anyway, how was your how was your Christmas? How was it? What'd you get? Were you disappointed? Did you not get what you wanted? Are we not supposed to say Christmas now? Listen, it's what I was brought up with, but also not what I was brought up with because my family are non-participants. Every year my mom goes, we should just not. We should just not do Christmas this year. Let's just not get each other gifts. And then she gets me uh, put something in a stocking that I can't eat because I don't eat dairy. It's usually chocolate. And then I go. And then I say I can't have that. And then she goes, Why? And then I say, Because I could never have that. Anyway, um, I had a good time out here. Uh, my girl and I went to our friend Hannah's house, and. And it's really hard to get out of the get out of the apartment because when you're in a new relationship, all you want to do is hang out with the one person, and uh, and you, you don't think you're that person until you are that person because you you get mad at your friends when they couple up and then they don't ever you can't hang out with them because they're with that person and you're like, why is she doing that? Why is he doing that? They they always hang out. We always do this thing together. Now they're not making any plans with me. And then you become that person and everyone's probably talking like this about you behind your back. I'm sure it's happening to me. That being said, my girlfriend lives in Los Angeles and I live in Vancouver still. So not quite the same. But it's why I secretly come out to L.A. and don't tell anybody so I can not make plans. You know? Uh, anyway, I was thinking about how... Um, um, I went to the the movie Jumanji with uh, with Lewis from Fake Shark and my friend Devon, who's been on this this podcast, and um, it was three D. And so I was sitting beside Devon, and he put the sunglasses on, <laughs> and he do- he doesn't move when he watches a movie or a TV show. He just he he doesn't move or laugh at all, at anything really. And so I thought he was maybe sleeping, but then halfway through the movie. This girl in front of us, she was there with her dad. Um, she was probably like 12. She stood up and fell down the stairs and got popcorn, f- like threw popcorn everywhere. And Devon laughed really hard. And that was the only time he laughed through the whole movie. And then at the end, um, I said to Lou, I said to Lewis, I was like, that'd be funny if this was someone's favorite movie. And he said, peace probably is, probably is. That's funny. When you're when you're a little kid, um, your favorite movie is just the movie you just saw most recently, you know. Like I remember, I remember Deep Blue Sea was my favorite movie. The sh- the smart shark movie. I mean, how telling, you know. Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Rappaport, my favorite movie. Oh, also, there's a Starbucks that I go to out here um, every day. And there should be a Vice documentary 
on how insane it is in there. It's it's fucking it's a prison cafeteria is what it is. It's weird how there's like nice Starbucks locations. Like in Vancouver there's ones that have like a couch that could never that couch would have bed bugs in 5 seconds downtown LA. One time I was standing I was I was in that Starbucks, I was in line. And this woman came in, okay? And she had the body language of someone with a shiv made out of a phone book in her back pocket. Prison body language, okay? And as soon as she walked in, I thought to myself, uh-oh, because you, you know how you have that sort of sixth sense for, for sketchiness? Or some people do. I, I, I definitely do, um, growing up in Vancouver. So I got my spotty senses tingled, and I was like, uh-oh, this is, she's going to do something crazy. And then, and then I, I caught myself, okay? And I, I thought, how dare you judge this poor woman? She's like 60 years old. Looks like life's been a little bit hard on her. Give her the benefit of the doubt, okay? You condescending, judgmental piece of shit. But before I could finish that thought, she walked right through the lineup, right up to the little sandwich area, and heisted every sandwich, put every sandwich there under her arm, and turned around and ran out the door and threw the sandwiches into a getaway car. And then she got in the car and they drove away. And the whole thing took one minute. And she had a getaway car for her sandwich heist. And that's amazing. And I was right. And I should never doubt myself. And I should be actually more judgmental in the future. Also, uh, another time, uh, my girl and I were in there and we were sitting at this table because there's these like communal tables. Communal tables are like big round round tables and they're high off the ground so that dogs can't jump up on them because there's always dogs in there for some reason. And uh, and I, I, we were sitting there and there was another gentleman sitting with us uh, across the table from us, but with his back to us. And I said to Gretchen, I said, Oh man, it's uh, it's actually not sketchy in here. It's it's actually pretty, pretty reasonable in here. And then she didn't say anything and just pointed to the guy sitting with us. And first, I noticed that he was wearing a house arrest bracelet around his ankle and sweatpants, and he was jerking off. Same table as us. I mean, at least he wasn't looking at us. But I mean. By the way, if you have a house arrest bracelet and sweatpants, you've 100% given up. You, this is your lot in life. You've accepted it. I almost respect that. Like that, I'm more insecure in my life than that guy is. He has accepted that he's house arrest bracelet, sweatpants, and Starbucks beating off guy, and I am still working on my life and my career. So I should, I should look up. I should look up to that man. Also, the only thing I ever get at Starbucks is an iced Americano. And I think that the reason I bring that up is I had to work to like it. I had to work on it to enjoy it. And now it's my favorite drink. And I like that it tastes bad. I like that it's watery and it kind of sucks. Um, I, I want it every day. It, I can't really start working every day until I have it. Um, there's been days where I go without it and I don't get a headache or anything, so I don't think I have ca- caffeine withdrawals. 
I also don't give a shit how many shots is in it. Every time I go into other other coffee shops when I'm not near Starbucks and I ask for it, they go five shots. And to me, I don't even know how many that is. That's too crazy. So I say two shots and they always look at me like I'm a pussy. I don't really care. I just want the watery coffee smoothness. I love it. But what I'm saying is that there is certain music that I like that I had to work to like. Okay, When I was a teenager and I got into metal and then I got into punk rock and then I got into like a combination of those, I got into really technical um, music, uh, really technical metal. Like um, there's a band called Meshuggah. All the, all the most technical slick metal nowadays is from Sweden. And Meshuggah is kind of the weirdest of the of those bands. It's weird because they're, they're really successful and popular, but they're kind of unlistenable unless you like that music. Like drummers always like Meshuggah and their guitar players play eight string guitars, eight strings, like normal guitars have six strings. And then in the, in the early nineties, Steve Vai and Korn and those kind of bands started playing seven strings and everyone's like, Whoa, it's too low. And then Meshuggah got eight string guitars and fired their bass, their bass player. Bill Burr, the comedian, um, on his podcast was talking about how he loves Meshuggah. And it impressed me so much that he, he would be that open-minded. Meshuggah is kind of unlistenable, okay? There's, there's fucking no melody. And that's, that's what I like about it. But I had to work to like it. Like, I had to... I like the aesthetics, so I just kept listening to it. And it's the kind of music that you can't bob your head to it unless you've memorized... Uh, the polyrhythms, and that's what I did as a teenager when I wanted to be a badass musician. I just started listening to music like that and memorizing it because this is pretentious. Still am kind of pretentious, except now it's the other way where I really like um, really accessible pop music. Like, I'm impressed by it. Like, I, I like, I'm impressed by gimmickless good songwriting. That's what I want is, like, good songwriting. But I still have a place in my heart for pretentious technical metal. Meshuggah is no exception. So I'm going to play that Bill Burr clip where he's talking about this song of theirs called Bleed. What else? Uh, oh, and on Monday, this is the Make-A-Wish week that I'm having. Monday, uh, I went with Dave, my, my, my drum teacher. I went to Meshuggah, who I'd never seen live. And uh, I got to tell you, it was a fucking life-altering experience. I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a fucking band that blew my mind like that. They are a, uh, a heavy metal band, not a heavy metal, a metal band from Sweden who I've always heard of and I always tried to get into it, but the combination of the singer, that rah, 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 singing like that, I'm already an angry enough guy. I'm like, Jesus Christ, am I really going to have this on my fucking hard drive? Um, and then, like, the music was so complex I didn't know what was going on. I didn't like so many of the songs, like the drummer's basically playing like a polyrhythm. It's like his body's playing two different songs. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but as far as I could tell, it seemed like on top, he'd be playing in like four. 
And then his feet are just, I don't know what, they're playing like a completely different song. And then the band is playing the rhythm to his feet. But the crowd is nodding to what the fuck he's doing with his hands. So everybody's grooving with this shit. I don't know. Do you want to check out a, a fucking unbelievable song? They got this song, Bleed. And on top, he's playing like eighth notes with the backbeat on three. So everybody's head is moving to that, like, I can't even do it, right? But underneath his feet are going like, the whole fucking song, basically. As on top, he's like, underneath. It's like you're going insane. You know, like I always like if you ever heard voices, like I can think that's the music version of that song. Like up top was be somebody talking to you going like, hey, you want to go to the mall? Maybe, you know, I heard they open a new fucking Starbucks, blah, blah, blah. blah. And underneath you, these demons going. Right. I saw I saw Meshuggah open for Tool. Um, and no one liked it. And also, I saw Tricky open for Tool, who I love. Tricky, Tricky's album, Maxine Quay, is my favorite album ever. And he, no one liked it. I like that Tool does it. They have, I think it's, I think it's the singer Maynard. He'll, he'll like choose challenging opening acts that don't sound like Tool. Like he had Phantomus on open, and then got booed off every night. And he, uh, they had a band called the Cows open, who just he just knew was were not very good. It's like when Ministry had that lounge husband wife band open for on that on their tour and they no one liked it i love that kind of shit that's fuck fucking awesome speaking of music it's challenging to like i think now now don't get me wrong okay um as much as i love technical tech metal technical hardcore um bands like dillinger skate plan and strung out and and all those kind of things like I I, I like the band The Locust, uh, unlistenable to most people. I like it. Um, I also like like I said the opposite. So I think I've been thinking that the most infectious hook ever is from uh, a rapper whose video went viral for sucking. Now I don't think it sucks. It kind of sucks. It's it's so bad and dumb and funny that it's like lovable. It's this guy Bangs. He's he he was in Australia, but he's from Sudan. But he did a song called "Take You to the Movies," and and his, the video went viral on YouTube back when that didn't really happen very often, like ten years ago. And the hook is so goddamn catchy. Like, I'm going to play it right now, and if you listen to it, this will be stuck in your head for the rest of the days, okay? It looks like, let me take it to the movie, shorty. And that part will be stuck in your head. But also, he has like a synth part doing the vocal line also. And then in the background of the video, there are pictures of things like a rich a rich guy would have because he's like projecting that he's a successful rapper. So there's like a roulette wheel that, um, that I guess is winning him money. And then also like, uh, like sports cars. And then Australian dollars, okay. Just just so you know how successful he is. Um, and then what's crazy is that 
the video went viral and then a car company, I think it was Toyota, put him in a commercial doing the fucking song. It's like, it's like that American Idol style show where they duped an untalented person into thinking they were really good and then at the end just fucking broke their heart. That was happening to Bangs for real because he got a million hits on his video and then he played the Big Day Out Festival in Australia, which is the biggest music festival as a joke and he didn't know that and then he put out music after when he realized that it was a joke and you feel bad for him like he he has a song that's like my life is hard to live never ever have a good time anyway i'm gonna play take you to the movies and you be the judge okay you you see if you can not have this earworm burrow into your brain for the day okay and this track dedicated to all the ladies out there who like to go to the movies, you know, especially you, girl. Let me take it to the movies, sure. I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do like. Let me take it to the movies, sure. I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do Hey shawty, you're really looking nice Let me take you to the movie Cause I know you like You got nothing to worry about Hold the popcorn and the drink Let me pay the money so we can get in Now hold my hand And take a step through the door Be careful don't fall Let's sit on those two chairs alone Watching a movie So we can see what's going on If you don't like to watch You can lean on my chest Take a rest and do your best Baby girl let me take it to the movie, sure. I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do like. Let me take it to the movie, sure. I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do like. I hope you. Ah, too good. Too good. That's not fair. The video is really fucking funny. You should watch it. I I wish him well though. I mean, he kind of got duped. That was kind of online bullying, make th- making that successful. But do you see what I mean? It's so catchy. It's so catchy. There's got to be something that guy can do if he can make something that catchy. Let me take it to the movie, shawty. So catchy. I th- I actually for real think that that song's better than a lot of current popular hip hop. I think it's I think his the verse is hilariously um like when he's like, "Hey shorty, you really looking nice. Let me take you to the movies. Gonna get some popcorn. Don't trip on the way through the door." Like why would you say that? You wouldn't say that on a date. Why say it in a song about a date? What if you if you're on a first date and you're telling the person that you're on the date with not to trip on the door on the way in? Um like she she's a big girl, she can take care of herself. She doesn't need you like open the door for her, sure, but don't don't be worried she's gonna trip on it on the way in. And uh saying you're gonna get popcorn at the movies, 
is redundant. It's redundant. Obviously. By the way, I like going to movies in America just to get red vines. We don't have red vines in my country of Canada. It's so They're so good. Red vines are way better than Twizzlers. Fight me. I hate, I fucking hate when people say that on Twitter. I hate how there's like a new, like, cunty thing everyone's saying on social media and it just changes all the time. Like, the new one's like, I don't, they'll state an opinion that's, that you agree with anyway. Like, I hate Trump. Fight me. And I, the one I really hated before that was, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You're so rebellious. You're so rebellious. Anyway. Oh, man. I forgot um, when I was at the airport on the way to Los Angeles. Um, there was a dude. There was a guy in line in front of, the, in front of me. And uh, he was soaked in sweat. He was wearing a, a hoodie like like Kenny in South Park where it's just like tied tight around his, his little face. And then he had a beard and crazy serial killer eyes. And he was sitting there. And I was thinking to myself, this, this is the gate to get on the plane. Like he got through, this guy got through security and customs looking like the goddamn Unabomber. And when I go through security and customs, I get questioned like I'm wanted for murder. Like I'm on trial. Judge Ito. Hey man, maybe you don't look like the fucking Unabomber at the airport. Why? Why do you why is your hood of your little sweatshirt pulled snug like Kenny from South Park? Why are you looking crazy? Why why are why are your eyes methed out? What is the deal? How did you get through security? Why are you getting on the plane? You weirdo. Why do I get questioned everywhere? One time I was coming back from China and I had food poisoning and this dude pulled me aside who looked like the rock and he told me he specialized in fake currency, drugs, and and then he yelled, child pornography, geography, geography, geography. And everyone in baggage claim looked at me like I'm some kind of pederast. How come Unabomber guy gets through and I am... I am bothered. I am patted down every time. I got to go through the x-ray machine. And then the guy tells me to pull my pants up so he can touch my thighs. What's up with that? What's the deal? How come? Listen, man, if I'm going to commit crimes at the airport, I'm not going to look like this. I'm going to look like a businessman with briefcase. In the briefcase, files. Okay? I'm not going to look like fucking Lady Gaga's friend, like how I look. Not gonna look like Lady Gaga's scarf wrangler. Blonde hair and tattoos and stuff. I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a I work at H and R Block. Okay? That's that's some advice for anyone who wants to commit some crimes in some foreign places. I keep telling my girlfriend that it's cool that she's into foreign dudes because she's dating me and I'm Canadian, some foreign. Also, I I'm in uh I was talking yesterday about how I uh, I used to work at a discount movie theater, which is bottom of the food chain, creepy jobs. Because it, I was thinking of this because of the Starbucks, because those are my people. 
the the sandwich heist lady got lady is the is my people. I remember when I worked at a movie theater. Um, first of all, as a teenager, my job was to fucking throw people out that were way older and bigger than me. I remember a guy threw firecrackers at me one time. I remember I caught some people fucking in there one time. An older couple. It was disgusting. And then I remember I kicked them out and told them go leave the theater and then go into a motorhome. Why didn't you just fuck in there? Why did you have to have sex in the the cinema playing Red Dragon? Why couldn't you just boink in your RV? You know what I'm saying? I remember this is this is my best. This is this is great. Was one time um, when I was a teenager, I was straight edge, which means I didn't drink or do any drugs and stuff like that, and I didn't have sex, but that had nothing to do with straight edge. Just because couldn't do it. Just kidding. And um, this. This dude with these two girls came in, and he was treating everybody like garbage. He was mean. He was rude. He was f- fucking 18 or something, and he was acting like he was a shit, and these girls were bitches to everybody, and then they went to the theater, and they saw a movie called Ghost Ship. Okay? Ghost Ship. I remember there was a Mudvayne song on the soundtrack that I had to clean the theater to at the end of the movie, but he was rude. He He went in there... And they were the only people in the theater. There was three people in the whole cinema. And when I when I went in after to clean up, they had totaled the theater. It was so messy. I don't know how three people could spread so much popcorn and garbage and junk. And then also they hotboxed the goddamn theater. And obviously it's them, okay? Obviously it's them that did it. There's no one else. No one else wanted to see Ghost Ship on a Wednesday afternoon. And I... I went in there and I was cleaning it up and I was mad and it, it took me a long time to clean it up and then I found a big bag of weed, okay? And that meant nothing to me because I didn't smoke weed and so I took it and there's a guy at work that I knew was a stoner and I just gave it to him and it was like it was like a small pillowcase full of weed. It was so much weed that I'm assuming that that kid was some kind of dealer and 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 uh, and so... I gave it to him. I was a fucking hero. He was stoked. His name was Ben, I remember. And then I remember a week later, his car got broken into in the parking lot because it's the sketchiest place in, in Canada. Uh, the police... The, the, I remember a cop came once and said it was the sketchiest, most crime-ridden parking lot in British Columbia. Anyway, the kid came back in and he he was all nervous and the girls were just standing there and he said to me, he's like, hey man, uh, um, I, I think I left something in the theater. And I was like, what'd you, lo- what'd you lose, your wallet? <laughs> and then he was like, no, I, I lost, can I just go in there and look? And I was like, go for it, but I already cleaned it. And he went in there, found nothing. And then he came back and he was like, hey, what, where did everything go? Like, did you, who cleaned the theater? And I was like, I cleaned the theater. And then I, I was like, and everything that I, I cleaned up, I put in a trash bag and threw in that dumpster. So if you feel like you're missing something, go ahead and get in the dumpster. And then I saw him get in the dumpster while those two girls watched. Also, one time, there was a dead body in that dumpster. Also, one time, there was a flaming mattress out back next to that dumpster. Sketchiest place in the world. I remember it shared uh, a parking lot with a bowling alley. And I saw a lot of fistfights there. And I had red dreadlocks and was in my very gothic phase. And I had to argue with jocks. It was my nightmare. I remember sometimes I had to kick people out of there that I went to high school with. 
I remember one time I was dating a girl there at the time, and she came to visit me, and a drunk guy from my high school put his arm around her, and it pissed me off, man. Pissed me off, man. Oh, my God. What, another time? This dude? Holy fuck. This is nuts. Uh, this Okay, so my manager was this girl, Kim, and she was like a year older than me. I think she was 18. And she had an office there that had a safe in it. And usually at the end of the night, it was just me and her there. And um, so I remember it was, I remember every movie was, was let out and I'd cleaned the theaters for the cinemas for all five, five of the six cinemas were cleaned. And the sixth cinema hadn't been cleaned because that there was a movie that was in that one that was three hours long. So we just had to wait till that one finished. It was just way longer than all the other ones. So, Pretty much, the theater was pretty much empty, except for that, which I think there was like five people in. So, Kim, that was her name, she and I were standing out front of her office. I watched her leave her office, lock the door behind herself, and then we're standing there and we're talking, and then the fucking door opens, and a, a guy walks out, and he says, I thought this was the bathroom, and then he runs out the front door with a bag of money. And Kim and I were like, just the disbelief because that she she went she left that room and locked it, and then a guy walked out of it, and then so we called the police. She was scared. She cried, and the police came, and they investigated it. And he had been living in the ceiling. He was spying on her. Like I said, it was usually just her by herself in there, and this dude was living in the ceiling, looking at Kim. And the way that he got in there was the, the the office next to the men's bathroom. So he pushed a garbage can up to the wall and then climbed in the goddamn ceiling. And then the cops, the co- I remember the cops were like, "Look up there!" And I looked up there, and there was weird stuff up there, man. I remember I saw some knitting needles, a Pepsi can. Apparently, that's all he needed to survive. So he he stole the money out of the safe and he ran away. What a what a bad job. What a sketchy ass bad job. I remember I made such bad money there. I mean it was just a high school job, but god damn. My life is at risk constantly. What a bad job. Anyway, that's probably good for this week. Uh thank you very much uh, for listening again. Uh I, next week I have an actual guest. Um, but I kind of like doing these solo ones, so, uh, let me know if you like them too. Uh, like I said, oddly enough, the most downloaded one is one of me by myself talking about trip hop. Um, when I really, I feel like the most popular episode should have been the one with Yumi Nagashima. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. I'm going to try doing these weekly instead of when I feel like it. I feel like I need to be more consistent. Okay. All right. All right, sweethearts. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.